the all-star break is here. So what are my three biggest takeaways so far? Halfway, well, not technically halfway, but everyone considers all-star break halfway through the Detroit Pistons season. We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button already, what are you waiting for? We're trying to show Lockdown. We are the fastest growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. We're closing on 2,000 subscribers. So again, if you haven't already, Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but on today's podcast, we're just going to be talking about my three biggest takeaways so far halfway through the Pistons season. Now, I know technically it's not necessarily halfway. It's a little bit more than halfway. But I, I feel like almost everybody considers once you hit the All-Star break, that's the first half, and then the second half is after the All-Star break. So what? now that the All-Star break is here, what are my three biggest takeaways? And to come onto the podcast, we brought friend of the podcast, Bryce Simon, host of the Motor City Hoops podcast. and I'll let, let him have a chance to give you guys a little bit of announcement about where that podcast is moving forward. Bryce, how are you doing? And then let everybody know what's going on. What's up, Koo, man? Thank you for having me on. And yeah, so just real quick here, Motor City Hoops podcast has about two more episodes um, to close out the month of February. And then I've had the amazing opportunity to team up with Omari Sankofa II, Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And we're starting a new podcast called The Pistons Pulse, and it's uh, being pushed by the Detroit Free Press. It's a podcast brought to you by the Detroit Free Press, and it's out now um, in terms of the podcast feed. So you can find it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find and listen to a podcast. The trailer is out. And so just I hope you make that move with us and, and check it out on March 1st. Definitely. You guys can never have too much Piston news. Locked on Pistons. You had Motor City Hoops. Now you got The Pistons Pulse. You got all kinds of great stuff out there. I know the Detroit Bad Boys has has their own podcast as well. Yeah. You have a lot of news out there. So you guys should have literally just a day's worth of content you guys could have every day to talk about. Uh, but enough of all that. By the way, I'm really happy for you, Bryce. Me and Bryce to talk about this a lot off the air. But just to let you guys all know, I'm very happy for Bryce. He's Coo's, Coo's, Coo was one of the first ones that I told. So he's been having to keep it under his hat, uh, yep. like legit under his hat um, here for a month or so. Yeah, absolutely. So. Definitely. We're all happy for Bryce. He works his tail off. We all know how great Bryce is and how, how quickly he's rose up in the in the ranks here. So happy for him. Make sure you guys go check out his podcast when it drops. I believe, what do you say, March 1st? That's the first March episode? 1st, Tuesday, March 1st. The, the Pistons Pulse. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get in our three takeaways so far halfway through the Detroit Pistons season. So Bryce, I'll let you go first. We, Me and Bryce both have our own takeaways for each segment. First segment will be my first takeaway, his first takeaway. And then so on and so forth. Uh, Bryce, I'll let you go first. Is your first takeaway negative or positive? I mean, you guys kind of know how I am. Koo asked me this before the show as he has a little sly smile there. He knows <laughs> that I'm kind of a positive guy. And so I'm not going to go overly negative with any of my three. The third one is a little bit. I'm not going to talk about the losing. My first big takeaway is Cade Cunningham Cunningham is as advertised. And I think it's the most important takeaway. I think that at the end of the day, if you want to say what's the What's what's all that matters for this Detroit Pistons team right now? It's that Cade Cunningham looks 
and is going to be the type of player we all needed him to be, that this organization needed him to be. And he is as advertised. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's generational. I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP maybe one day. All I'm saying is he is the type of player this team, this organization needed him to be and to build around. And that's the most important part of this rebuild in setting the foundation. So that is my biggest takeaway through a half of the season. So I'll go ahead and spoil it for you guys a little bit. Kay Cunningham is one of my takeaways. It's not going to be my first takeaway I use here because I knew Bryce would probably go Cade first. Uh, but my angle I take with Kay Cunningham will be a little different. You guys will hear that in the next segment. But my biggest takeaway is this is going to be a negative takeaway, and it breaks my heart to have to say this. But the development of Killian Hayes has not gone as probably most people have planned. Um, Killian Hayes, you guys know I'm, I'm, I believe in Killian. I very, I'm probably one of the biggest Killian supporters out there. Uh, and while his defense seems to have gone legitimately good, uh, and I still feel like he's a relatively good playmaker, um, the scoring hasn't come around as you'd like. Uh, he's still averaging six points a game, less points a game last year. His usage has went down. Uh, minutes play, he's gotten benched now. He's coming off the bench. Um, he's shooting 27% from deep, where at first, like, 18 games of the season, he was hovering around 40% before he hurt his thumb. Uh, whether that has something to do with it, who knows what – all that matters is that he's now down to 27% from the field. He's 36% from the, uh, or 27% from deep, 36% from the, uh, from the floor in general. Uh, his two point percentage has went up a little bit. He went from 39% to 41%, but overall just the scoring hasn't really improved this year. Um, whatever your, your reasoning for it is, I know there's a lot of different takeaways for what's going on with Keelan Hayes, but the point blank fact is, is that his development has not gone high. I feel like most people plan this year. Uh, and definitely I wanted to see more from Killian. I hope to see more from Killian, and I believe he has it in him. But so far, first half of the season, I have to I have to just be objective here and say that Killian Hayes' development uh, has not gone how people probably have expected, and it's definitely one of my biggest takeaways and saddest takeaways so far through the season. Yeah, I don't disagree, Cool. You know, I, I've we talked about it a lot coming into the season. Could Killian and Cade play together? Killian on ball, Cade more off ball, all that stuff. Like, that's not even the conversation anymore. Like, the future of Killian's Detroit Piston career has nothing to do anymore with whether him and Cade can coexist. It's really about can Killian show the organization that he is going to be a good NBA player, a solid NBA player. And I'll, I'll be – like, you again, I know I'm always the one that tries to put a positive spin on it. Like – I'm willing to get rid of yeah, – yes, he's not going to be great value for the number seven pick. Okay, so let's throw it away. Can he be value to this organization? And I still think he can. I had someone tell me today, like, it's just time to trade him, move on. He's going to be out of the NBA. Like, like maybe he is. I'm not ready for that yet. If he had to be attached in a trade for whatever reason, then okay. But I'm fine now finding out, like, can he run the second unit? Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. I don't know. But I am – in support and I'm excited still about seeing Killian Hayes run with the second unit. My issue in the second unit is his usage still doesn't seem to be what you would want because Kelly Olenek likes to handle the ball a little bit. Hami Diallo grabbing goes off defensive rebounds. And so we still don't get to see him on ball as much as you would like, but the Killian Hayes experiment isn't completely over for me. Well, well, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Killian Hayes because this is not supposed to be a Killian Hayes topic or, or whole podcast or whatever. That was just my biggest takeaway. Uh, but I just thought it would be interesting if I shared this screen with you guys on YouTube. And those of you guys that listen on the podcast, uh, obviously, I'll be sure to explain it to you guys what we're looking at here. Uh, but this is a tweet from Andy Bailey on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this tweet, Bryce. Um, 
But this tweet is from Andy Bailey on Twitter. Uh, it's his, it's Kay Cunningham's numbers when he plays with Killian Hayes on the floor and when he doesn't play with Killian Hayes on the floor. So in 619 minutes with Killian Hayes, Cade is averaging 20 points a game, five assists, 43.6% from the field, 40.9% from deep. And in the 623 minutes he plays without Killian, he's 15.7 points, 6.4 assists, 35% from the field, and 23% from deep. Uh, so what my takeaway there is, and it goes into my biggest takeaway here, and you know, I'm not just saying this for no reason. My biggest takeaway, the reason why I'm using that is because I think the question we asked before the year was, can Killian and Cade coexist? I actually think even despite Killian Hayes' development, that answer is yes. I actually think they probably work better together than they do probably separately right now. I think that's an argument that can be had. But the problem is, is that Killian Hayes himself, his individual development just hasn't come along how you want it, which is why we said so many times in the podcast, at least I have so many times so far, is that you guys asked me last week, who's the best fit with Killian, or not Killian, with Kay Cunningham, What's the best archetype next to him? And I told you guys, it's Killian Hayes' archetype. It's a matter of does Killian Hayes become good? If Killian Hayes doesn't become good, you should probably go get someone else who is Killian Hayes' archetype but is actually good. So I think these numbers suggest that. Um, again, his individual development is what left a lot of people disappointed thus far. He still hasn't hit 82 games. There's still hope for him. He still shows flashes. He had that one flash this past game when he had Jason Tatum. He isoled him and gave him a nice move on the way to the basket and scored. So there's still flashes. But his individual development definitely has been a disappointment so far, and that's my biggest takeaway from this season. I know your guys' probably is a little bit different, but you guys know I'm a big killing guy, so the fact that his development has not happened how I wanted it to, that's a big takeaway for me. Uh, Bryce, if you wanted to emphasize that or your your biggest takeaway real quick before we go to ad break, go ahead. No, just real quick. like I just I think the archetype we really like that Killian brings next to Cade is the defense, what Killian does on the defensive end. And we saw it on Wednesday night and what was a big win for the Pistons going into the All-Star break. But Cade got two early fouls, one guarding Jason Tatum. I think the other one was actually in like help on Jalen Brown. But just not having to take some of those tough matchups on the defensive end that Killian can take. And then that saves Cade's legs and energy and everything else for him to be better on the offensive end. Yep, so... Listen, that's not. This is not a fun thing for me to have to admit. You guys know I love Kaelin, but that has to be. I have to be objective. That's my biggest takeaway thus far. When we come back, we'll get into our next biggest takeaway. Yes, we have three biggest takeaways. Make sure you stay tuned for all of them. When we come back, we'll get to our next biggest one. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season with my guy number nine, Matthew Stafford, winning the Super Bowl. I told you guys it was going to happen. He won me some money on BetOnline.net. But basketball is in full stream for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, playoff, player performance props, to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Again, head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. It's the best way to support the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button, what are you waiting for? Continue to show Lockdown Network that we are the best and fastest growing fan base out there. 
hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We're nearing 2,000 subscribers. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but just real quick, Bryce, didn't, didn't I tell you that Stafford was going to win that Super Bowl, man? I told I told you, man. I tried telling you it was going to happen, man. If I knew how to, like, exit out but get back in or, like, make <laughs> – here. <laughs> he turns his camera off. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot that we have some podcast listeners, too. That that didn't go over well for them. I apologize. Uh, no, I, I'm serious. I'm happy for Stafford. As, as many of the listeners know, I'm not necessarily a Lions fan. I grew up a Chiefs fan. I know people hate Patrick Mahomes. I get it. Um, but no, I am happy for Matthew Stafford. And it seems like a lot of Lions fans got a lot of joy in that, watching him win it for another team. So if, if Detroit is happy, if Pistons fans are happy because of that, then I'm happy too. You're going to start a lot of, of controversy in my comments because while there is a large section of people who are happy for him, there's going to be a lot of people in there, no, Bryce, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm, I hate it. Why do they blah, blah, blah. Hey, uh, I've tried to ask myself this. If Patrick Mahomes eventually leaves the Chiefs someday, will I be happy? For, but it's different because he won a Super Bowl already in Kansas City. So I guess it's a little different. But I don't think I would care one way or another if he left Kansas City. Um, I definitely wouldn't be excited or rooting for him. But I think the dynamic's a little bit different. Yeah, it, just a little bit different. A little bit different. But let's get into our second takeaway. So since Bryce went first on the last one, I'll go first. And this one is about Kay Cunningham. He said, I'm going to take a, take a different angle. What Bryce said, absolutely correct. Kate is, as advertised, he's been good. He's been great a lot of the times. He's had his downs. He's had his ups. But I think everyone sees why he was the number one overall pick, and a lot of people see the future and, and have that light at the end of the tunnel just because he's on the roster. That being said, my biggest takeaway, Kay Cunningham needs some damn help. He needs help badly. And I'm going to take it even a step further. Not even just player-wise. He needs a better coach. I'm going, I'm going there. I'm saying it. He needs a better coach. He needs better teammates. He needs help from the top bottom. Kay Cunningham is the guy here. He 100% has cemented himself already that he's going to be the guy here. The team is going to build around him. He needs help. And the reason why I came to this conclusion or this takeaway. Now, mind you, this takeaway changed in the past 24 hours because – it was just going to be what Bryce said. Bryce, what Bryce said was going to be one of my takeaways. But then, but then the news of Zion Williamson came out that he might be getting a second surgery. And then all the news about, well, you know, it sounds like from the very get-go, he just didn't want to be there. He's not even rehabbing with New Orleans. He's been away from New Orleans. He doesn't like how they've been constructing themselves. He doesn't, all this stuff. And he's already unhappy. And they're already, they're only in year three. And then I saw Anthony Davis go down. And I was like, oh, Anthony Davis just left New Orleans because he didn't like what was going on there. And I see the new stars in a younger generation, how quickly they are willing to leave and how accepted player movement is nowadays and how, how that is just part of player empowerment now. And while I understand that Kate Cunningham has loves Detroit, he shouts them out. His trainer, Aston, has become a big person in the Piston community, Piston Square community, constantly uplifting Detroit. I get all of that, but things can go sour very quickly. And they've been hyping. Aston was hyping up the trade deadline. The Pistons only made one move. Then he tried to hype up this offseason. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. We're going to be back on top. Pistons don't make a move this offseason. That's going to get moved to next year. And there's only so many times that we're going to keep getting moved and keep getting moved and keep getting moved. This team is under pressure right now. Yes, he's only halfway through his rookie season. Maybe I'm doing setting the alarm a little bit too early. I don't care. I see the future. It's with Kay Cunningham, and he needs help. He needs more talent. He needs a more creative coach. He needs a better overall coach, and he needs better talent around him 
it's time to get Kay Cunningham some damn help as soon as possible. Go ahead, Bryce. So you kind of stole a little bit what my third one is going to be. So I can't elaborate too much on that because I want to save it for what my third one is. So I'm going to talk about a guy. I'm going to stay positive here. I'm going to talk about a guy who I do think is going to help Cade Cunningham. And I realize we're recording this. We're recording Thursday night. You guys are going to listen to it Friday, Wednesday night. You know, obviously this guy had, I think, one of the best games of his young career. I'm sold on Sadiq Bey being a long-term starter for the Detroit Pistons. I'm sold. I'm not saying an all-star. I'm not saying a number two option. I think he really is probably what we've talked about, Koo, in the past, like the Mikel Bridges type role. And I know people aren't going to like that. They're going to say, oh, you're capping his ceiling too low. Like he can be even better. One, Mikel Bridges is a really good player on a championship level team. So I don't, I think that's pretty good praise. I'm sold. I've seen enough. Going back to last season, the struggles, and then now we've seen, what, 20, 30 really good games from Sadiq Bey. I'm sold on Sadiq Bey being the second guy, Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bey being the second guy that is a starter for this Pistons team long-term. Not the second option, maybe not even the third option, but a starter on this team. And I think we've seen enough from Sadiq Bey that I feel confident saying that. And that's a huge takeaway to have another guy. Yeah, so we'll go back and forth real quick. So – I agree with that. Sadiq has been good, and I'm not going to spoil what my next takeaway is. But while we're in this segment, let me go back to the help need. That's that's the point here. Kay Cunningham, he has Sadiq, but he has nobody else. I know people. some people may be higher on Jeremy. I know Jeremy had a really good game in Boston. He played he really well. He he seemed to fit. He, he seemed to try to fit with uh, uh, Cade and Sadiq on the floor. In the second half. In the second half. Correct. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mentioned there was a few times in the first half, specifically one. I know you know which mid range I'm talking about. The one over on the right wing where Sadiq has his hands up in the air, wide the open. Yep. And he and he just passed him up for a, a contested midi. Uh, but he had one of his better games playing off ball and accepted that role at least in the second half and obviously hit that game winner. Uh, but overall, Cade has Sadiq. Sadiq seems like he's going to be a, a good piece moving forward. After that, everything's a question mark all the way up and down the board. Isaiah Stewart question mark. Killian Hayes, probably 20 question marks. Jeremy Grant, I think there's not a single question mark because we know he's gone as soon as the offseason arrives. I think everyone's accepted he's going to Portland. Corey Joseph, he's not going, he's not some piece of, of the team's future at all. Uh, maybe Marvin Bagley, but that's another question mark. All the way up and down this roster, outside Cade and possibly Sadiq, there's questions all throughout this team. And even if you go up to the head coach, I will continue to say I think there's a big question mark there too. So Cade needs help. It's fun to see this from Sadiq. And it puts even more emphasis on the fact that these guys, these two guys, specifically Cade, need some damn help. Bryce, I'll let you put emphasize or a little exclamation point on your biggest takeaway real quick, too. Yeah, so again, I don't want to ruin mine because it's going to play right into what we're talking about. So I want to talk about Dwayne Casey real quick. And we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on an episode or just before or after recording, but I would not be surprised if we see Coach Casey, and I think you talked about this, like, moving into the front office role as something else maybe not if it's not this offseason the next offseason I just I felt like hey coach Casey you turn these guys into pros you help these young guys learn how to do things the right way let's do all of this and then I still feel like Troy Weaver though is molding the roster into what one of one that would fit for a different coach a different style a more creative offensive system because I've been one to critique coach Casey on that I know I get the rep as a coach Casey defender but I will critique his x and o creativity 
And so I can't help but wonder if that's the big vision is Coach Casey, you help these guys turn into pros and then we'll bring in the next guy. You go into the front office somewhere and we'll bring in the next guy to really put it all together with some creative schemes. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I brought that up. I think that's definitely a, a huge chance of possibly happening. Or Dwayne Casey could just retire in the next year and a half. He's He is getting up there in age, so I wouldn't be shocked if he just straight up just retired and just walked away. Uh, but either way, overall point, Cade needs some damn help. Get this man some help. When we come back, we'll get to our third biggest takeaway so far, entering into the All-Star break. A little bit of a teaser. Bryce kind of hit on mine a little bit at some point throughout the pack. I'll let you guys guess which one. Uh, also, guess which one th- Bryce's is because he said I kind of hit on his third one. So go ahead and take a guess before we get to there and, and then comment down below or tweet me and let me know if you ended up guessing one of ours, whichever uh, whichever one you got correct. Uh, but that's before or after I should say, I tell you guys about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolutions to eat right and it's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs Bar? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting protein bars. Puffs are the first protein-infused marshmallow ever. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate, and that's that's not just the Puffs. That's all Built Bars. Like I said, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie and high-protein. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They taste much better, and a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be absolutely blown away. High-protein, low-calories. High-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have all kinds of flavors, too. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. You guys know my favorite is the peanut butter flavor. And this month, they have a new limited-time flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make the taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. We are on our road to 2,000 subscribers. We just crossed over 1,700 subscribers. I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys go down there. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, But Bryce, let's go ahead and get into our third takeaways. I'll let you go here. I went first last time. I know you. I think we both said that we've. You know, we kind of touched on both of ours and kind of teased it a little bit. So I'm interested to see where you're going here. What's your, what's your third biggest takeaway so far? Yeah, so one, I, I don't include Jeremy Grant as like a – because we don't know what it is. Like we don't know what his situation is. He's a, he's a huge question mark. So here's my thing. This team has two huge holes to fill, and this plays into exactly what you talked about. They need a big man. Okay, they need a big man. I, I love Isaiah Stewart. I think he's been playing really well. I still think he's a second-unit guy. And you put him in the second unit. Now the second unit starts to look really good as well. And they need a bucket getter. They need someone to go get a bucket on their own, shoot the lights out, whatever it is. I don't know. 
And I think that guy needs to be as a wing or a guard that can play right next to Cade. I think Cade is ad advertised. I think Cade is incredible. I think he's the face of the Pistons franchise. I also don't know that Cade Cunningham's the leading scorer on a championship team. I think Cade wants to be a guy that gets you 20 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals, a block, like just does a little bit of everything and just fills it up and then get you the clutch moment buckets. I think they need a guy that can go get you 25, 26, 27, you know, and really be that bucket getter. And those are two huge holes to fill. And like, like, again, like what you were saying, that's one of my biggest takeaways is, yeah, you have Cage. Yeah, you have Sadiq. Now it's time to go fill those other holes. All right. Fair enough. And we'll, this, this segment right here will be a little bit longer because there's, I I have a third takeaway, but Bryce says son during the podcast, I actually want to like make it a three B like I have a three A and three B that I want to talk about. But the first one was going to be Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay's improvement throughout the season has been tremendous to watch. Over the first 26 games, and you guys know, throughout these entire the t- entirety of the first 26 games, and everything that I said about it in the offseason, I was very critical of Sadiq Bay. I was critical of the way he was trying to play. I was critical of the results. I was critical of the coaching staff for enabling. I was critical in every way possible. And through the first 26 games, he shot 34% from the field, 29% from deep, was scoring only 12 points a game, was shooting 73% from the free throw line on only 1.9 attempts a game. It was all bad, really bad for Sadiq through the first 26 games. Then Jeremy gets hurt. He gets put into the starting fourth spot. Things start to change. He starts to change his mindset. He starts cutting out all this bad stuff. He starts making it easier on himself. And now over the last 32 games, he's shooting damn near 42% from the field, 38% from deep, 87% from the free throw line on nearly double, actually exactly double his free throw attempts and scoring damn near 20 points a game, six rebounds a game, and 3.2 assists a game to only 1.2 turnovers. I don't know if in my time watching the Detroit Pistons, and that goes back to obviously when I was like a little like five-year-old or something, I watched the Pistons, but I'm talking about and like my memory saving watching the Pistons. Probably going back, I'd say 2009, I remember vividly trading for Allen Iverson. That's probably like my, my first vivid memory uh, and stuff I started to be able to put together. All my years, I don't know if I've seen this kind of turnaround within a season from a player. Like it's been a complete 180, not like a little improvement. That's like, okay, we see, okay, maybe next thing. Like with KCP, you saw KCP in his rookie year with the Pistons struggle and then slowly started to get a little better. And then he capped it off at the end of the season with like that 39-point game against the Thunder. And everyone was like, okay, KCP is going to be a player moving forward. And he turned out to be a pretty damn good player in the NBA. He's pretty good. Sadiq has not just improved a little bit game after game. He had a complete like switch, completely flip in the middle of the season. And he has been tremendous since. You guys have heard me on the podcast talk about this a lot. There's a few things. There's two things actually I want to point out. And there's a lot of things you could point out really with Sadiq. But there's two main things that you guys know, you guys have heard me talk about a lot on the podcast. One of them is the fact that he's his shot diet is a lot better now. Before the season, less than our first 26 games of the season, less than half of his attempts came from beyond the arc. He was trying to do a little too much. Now, more than half of his three-point attempts are from beyond the arc. He's shooting 38% on them. That's much better. He's cut out the mid-range, uh, some of the mid-range stuff. He's taking more shots at the basket, more shots from deep. Much better shot diet. And second, his ability to draw free throws and play physical at the rim and get easy buckets for himself has been tremendous. If you're going to be a scorer in the NBA, you have to be able to draw free throws and hit free throws. You absolutely have to if you're going to be a scorer in the NBA. That's one of the biggest knocks on uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves guard, D'Angelo Russell. He's a fine scorer. 
He can get his own shot. He's not that athletic, but he's not good at drawing free throws, which scares a lot of teams at making him one of the primary scorers because he, if he's off, there's no way of, of getting himself back into the game. There's no way of getting easy points for himself. Everything's a struggle with him. And that's how I was looking with Sadiq. But now Sadiq is starting to learn, hey, I can make the life easier on me. I can make this game easier on me. I can get points the easy way and get to the free throw line. And he's hitting 87% of these. 3.8 free throws a game. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is double his amount per game through the first 26 games. That is a large amount of free throws. And those two things right there are huge for me to see from Sadiq. And like I said, there's a multiple different ways you can go with Sadiq Bay that you've seen so far. But those are the two biggest things. And his overall just flipped the switch that he had midway through the season once Jeremy got hurt. I think is one of the biggest takeaways if you're just removing all biases. I'll admit I have a bias with Killian Hayes. That's why he was one of my biggest takeaways. But if you remove all biases, I think Sadiq may even rival Killian or Kay Cunningham as the biggest takeaway so far this season. That's how well he's played over the last 32 games. Yeah, I mean, it's huge to see another guy that you can say. There, there was a stretch of the season, coup where I think you could have said you were only sure that there was one starter that long-term starter on this roster, right? Like, I mean, Cade Cunningham essentially from the beginning and, and we hadn't even seen enough games to say otherwise, but he was the number one pick. Like there was a stretch that were like, Jeremy's going to get traded. Killian's not playing well. Sadiq's not playing well. You always have the questions around Isaiah Stewart. Like who, how many, like how many long-term starters do, does this team have? And it's like, yeah, that's great. We have like nine guys that are perfect second unit guys but you don't, you can't play nine guys in the second unit anyway. So his development really is encouraging. And I think like you, to your point earlier about Cade, it does, I think, help speed up the process because you go into an off season with a trade ship in Jeremy Grant, 20 plus million in cap space, and hopefully what ends up being a top three pick at the very least a top five pick. So there's three different spots Okay, options available to Troy Weaver to put three guys next to Cade and Sadiq to fill out the starting lineup. And then that second unit looks really good when you move Isaiah Stewart into that with Killian, Hami, assuming Marvin Bagley comes back, Frank Jackson, etc. So uh, we've talked about Sadiq a lot, so I'm going to move off that point. And we're at 30 minutes now, so we're gonna, I'm going to get to my next point. And for those of you guys who have stuck around this long, this is what you guys get. You guys get treats. You guys get little, like, you know, little treats for me. Bryce, my my 3B takeaway is that Troy Reaver has a decision to make. Biggest takeaway, 3B biggest takeaway is Troy Reaver has a decision to make. And this is where I'm going with it. From people I've, from what I understand, from people I've talked to, I, I haven't, Bryce doesn't know where I'm going here. I do not, no clue. <laughs> from people I've talked to, and what I understand is that Troy Reaver, and I don't think this part is any shock to anybody, may not be as excited or happy about the development of his three first-round picks, and he may not be happy with the utilization and how it's went under Dwayne Casey. He has a decision to make soon. There is no doubt that, what, however we all feel about Killian Hayes, there is no doubt that Troy Reaver had to be extremely high on Killian Hayes if he selected him with that seventh overall pick. Now, Maybe he missed. Maybe it's just a wrong pick. It's looking like it's trending that way right now. But that doesn't change the fact that Troy Reaver was extremely high in Killian Hayes, taking him with that seventh overall pick. And he is not happy with the way that development has went. He has a decision to make soon. 
Before the season, I would have said that Dwayne Casey's seat was absolutely untouchable, at least until I believe me and Bryce even talked about this on the podcast, like before the season, that like his seat was at least untouchable until like the 2023, 2024 season, somewhere like the offseason before that season, whatever, somewhere around there. His seat was at least untouchable until then. I think that the way the development of not only Killian Hayes, even, even though I think Killian Hayes probably is the biggest, the most glaring one, obviously, but Isaiah Stewart. I don't think he's necessarily taking a step forward. I don't think he's really developed. He's actually, I would say he's taking a step back offensively. The way things started off with Sadiq Bay, Sadiq Bay has completely and utterly turned it around. But I struggle, me personally, giving that credit to Dwayne Casey. I give that to completely to Sadiq Bay. Um, Torver has a decision to make. Does he still believe, one, in Killian Hayes? Does he think Killian Hayes is a future part of this team? If so, I'm in the department now where he's going to have to make a decision about his coaching staff or the head coach of this team. Cause, and we kind of hit on this a little bit on the last podcast. We can say Killian Hayes has looked better off the bench, but I feel like this is one of those things that we're kind of trying to find the positives about it. And a year and a half from now, we're looking back like, Oh yeah, the writing was on the wall. Like when that happened, Dwayne Casey didn't believe in him. Uh, He wasn't playing that well. The writing was on the wall. Killian Hayes didn't have a future. If Troy Weaver's on that boat, then you need to just start moving Killian Hayes back into like a non, uh, what, what's the word? Non front of the mind, like part of the future. Like he should just be moved into the background and not really, not really focused on. If if Troy River still is high on him, he has a decision to make about his head coach, and I think that has to be talked about at least at the beginning of next season. And I I will say this: I may or may not be talking just from my own perspective or some other people's perspective. That's all I'll say. All right, go ahead, Bryce. I would be, I'll say this. I'll be, I didn't know where you were going with that. We haven't talked a whole lot, even off air about Coach Casey. I would be shocked if Coach Casey isn't the head coach at the start of next season, depending on how these last 24 games goes. Like, I I would be lying if I didn't say I watched some of these games. I'm like, I wonder what Troy Weaver thinks about some of these results whenever they're just, Things do not look good at all. Guys don't look invested. Guys, I, I I have a hard time questioning how hard guys play. Like, I just can't do it. But where they don't look invested, that's, that's as far as I can go with it. Where the offense doesn't seem to have any flow. Like, it'll, it'll be interesting, you know. And then you have got games like Wednesday where it all comes together and it looks good. And it's like, okay, well, what if they go, what if they go 10 and 14 to end the season, you know? Like, I don't think they're going to because they have a lot of really tough games. But if they did, then I think, you know, it's it's probably not in the cards. But if they go 4-20 and 20 to end the season and you get some of these duds and you see some frustration from players, it would be interesting. I, I would be less shocked, I guess, if the worst-case scenario played out over the last part of the season. And I'll say this. I believe Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, I believe almost like 99% is going to be the head coach at the start of next season. But I will say after that point, I think it immediately becomes much, much, much murkier. Like not even I'm not talking about just after the season next year. I'm talking about throughout the season. It becomes much murkier in my opinion. Okay, so th- this is a good point, Koo. I think he gets to start the season, but let's say I, I don't know. Let's say they they draft uh, Hal's gonna hate this. Let's say they draft <laughs> they draft Jaden Ivey, they sign a five man. And they sign and trade Jeremy Grant for Miles Bridges. So your starting lineup is K, Javen Ivey, Sadiq Bay, Miles Bridges, and and I don't know some big guy. Probably not eight, and you wouldn't have the money to do eight in that scenario. But a, a, an intriguing big man at the five. Like 
that team, if it doesn't look the right way, all of a sudden there is pressure on Coach Casey to win some games, be competitive night in and night out. And I think that's where the scenario you're talking about, I could foresee being a more of a possibility. All right, we'll leave it off there. You guys don't get anything else from there. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Bryce, thank you for coming on, man. Let them know about where they can find you and your podcast right now and where, where they can find you moving forward like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Absolutely. So at Motor City Hoops on Twitter, check out the last two episodes. I got Sham coming on. I know that's a friend of yours, Koo, a good friend. We fi- I finally got him coming on. And then Lauren Williams, Pistons beat writer for M Live. We have her closing out. She'll be the final episode of Motor City Hoops podcast and she's the fourth of the four amazing pistons beat writers and so i'm just so glad we got her on before we close it out and then go right now go subscribe follow whatever you got to do apple spotify the pistons pulse wherever you listen to the podcast march 1st tuesday march 1st me and omari sankofa the second backed by the detroit free press definitely make sure you guys go check that out it's going to be great i can't wait for it again like i said super happy for bryce uh make sure you guys go check that out and support him uh, I'd really appreciate that as well. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to today's podcast, man. Let me know what your guys' three biggest takeaways from the Pistons yes, season yes. in the comment section down below. You can tweet us on Twitter. You can tweet me at Cooper Hill. You can tweet Bryce at Motor City Hoops. Make sure you guys let us know what you guys' biggest takeaways so far of the season is. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Make sure you guys will make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every single day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. On YouTube, it's the best way to support the podcast. Until next time. Oh, actually, no, I forgot to tell you guys. We have a mailbag podcast coming tomorrow. So make sure you guys put your questions down below or tweet at me at Kukahil and send me some questions, whatever questions you guys got, and we'll be sure to answer them on tomorrow's podcast. Until then, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy All-Star Weekend. Peace out, everybody, and stay safe.